Hey everyone, welcome to Good Wolf Radio. I'm Jerry Scarlato, founder and fitness coach of Thrivology in Alexandria, Kentucky. Today, we are going to take a pause on learning. <laughs> That's actually not the truth at all. We're going to go back and take some time to recall the previous eight weeks of content that we've gone over. This marks the two-month mark of Good Wolf Radio being launched, so I figured now was a good time to review because one of the most important things that you can do after taking in information is taking time to recall the information. And when you recall the information, this is something I was just talking to Jana about because I tend to rely on these notes very much for guiding me and keeping me on track. Sometimes I have probably more than I need to have. Sometimes it's because it's a bunch of information that I don't know. When I start to talk slowly, and I pause for long periods of time. Sometimes it's because of th I'm thinking, and sometimes it's because I'm not 100% confident about the content that I'm talking about. So when that happens, I rely more on notes, and then I talk a little slower. Um, nonetheless, when you're learning something, after you've kind of gone through the initial learning process, it makes sense to go back, recall, review what you've learned. That way it becomes more ingrained. So that's what this week is going to be about. It is about reviewing and recalling the main points that have come out of the previous eight weeks. So what I did was I went through and I scraped through the last eight weeks of content and I pulled out the fine points that can be, uh, that can be, used by anybody and everybody. And I have come to call these the natural laws of health and fitness because this is a spin off of the natural laws of business, which comes from a guy named Ari Weinswig, which if you are in Michigan in the Ann Arbor area, you know who he is. He is the founder of a company called Zingerman's. They're not going to go into this sidetrack right now, but uh, I follow their business model because they are very much about empowering the employee and uh, making the employee part of the business operation and not just a thing within the business operation. Nonetheless, he has his natural laws of business and I've always appreciated that. So I've wanted to this is not me creating something. These are all ideas that have been around for a long period of time, and I'm just putting them into a context. So they are the natural laws of health and fitness. What does natural law mean? So when I say that these things can be related both to anybody and everybody, when you look at a lot of fitness information out there, health and fitness information, it's actually mostly not information that can be relatable to anybody and everybody almost all the time. So as an example, uh, keto, the keto diet, which is very popular right now, very whatever, very just a lot of people know about it. A lot of people are trying it. A lot of people do it. And it's a very useful diet. The keto diet's been around for a long time, much longer than most of us care to know about. Most of us have known about the keto diet for maybe five years. I don't know, three years, something like that. Keto diet's been around for decades, easily. I, and this is not me, again, being special, 20 years ago, being in the bodybuilding scene, that was something bodybuilders did to lean down and become more 
uh, trim fat off at the end of their like tapering period, if you will. Um, and before that, the keto diet was developed to help with epileptic seizures in children, which is still how it's used, but that's why it was developed. So nonetheless, the, pro the point is the keto diet is very trendy and can be very useful, but it's not for everybody. And in fact, it's not for most people most of the time. So what I'm saying or what I'm trying to get across is that a lot of the information that's out there is not for a lot of people. So what I'm hoping to do with these natural laws is to deliver something that can be used in any context almost all the time. Hopefully, hopefully all the time. So um, let's define a little more what a natural law is because that's how I kind of always like to start things. What are we actually talking about? What do we mean by a natural law? I think you kind of understand, but if you look up what a natural law is, it is a law thought to be common to all people at all times because it, because it is derived from nature. This is contrary to a positive law. So if most of us think about laws, we follow laws, we have laws in society. Those are positive laws. Those are laws enacted by a state or by a society. Um, these are natural laws that we're talking about. These are coming from nature. The idea of a natural law comes from or is derived from Stoic philosophy. Stoic philosophy, the founder of Stoic philosophy, philosophy over 2,000 years ago, Zeno of Sicium is, can't, don't actually know his last name, he's known as Zeno of Sicium. Um, at any rate, he said that human beings are happiest when they are living in accordance with nature. And in accordance with nature essentially means in accordance with the way that things are. Um, the Roman emperor Marcus Aurelius 2,000 years ago said philosophy requires only what nature already demands. And I would just say that that is the same for health and fitness. Health, Jonna M., you just made a mess. Jeez, oh, Pete's. That was almost like a, I know it's not filled with Coke, but it's almost like a Coke bottle when you open that thing up and it came out everywhere. <laughs> John is making a mess. She's drinking her water bottle full of Coke. <laughs> she shook it up and it exploded. No, it's a water bottle full of water. Anyway. So I would say that, that, that it's the same for health and fitness. Health and, fitners, health and fitness requires only what nature already demands of us. What I mean by that is it's nothing more or nothing less. You can get deeper into the, into the weeds if you'd like to, but when you start to get deeper into the weeds is when you start to stop doing things, if that makes sense. The... The example of keto before, a lot of people try keto. So many people try it, and so many people, quote-unquote, fail because it is not exactly the easiest thing to stick to, even though every package at the store anymore feels like it has keto stamped on it. Um, that doesn't make it healthy. Let's be very clear about that. Um, just like gluten-free stamps don't make things healthy, just like paleo stamps don't make things healthy. All of these things are just different ways to make you think that a thing is helpful to you, which it can be in certain contexts. But if you follow some basic rules, which we're going to go over 14 today, which seems like a lot, but we're going to come up with many more over the course of our time together. 
these are very basic rules. And the irony is that the things that we're going to talk about today and the things that we've already talked about over the last eight weeks are things that most people don't think are the way that you need to get in shape or eat better or become more fit because they seem so basic and so simple. And I, ironically, it is the more basic and more simple ideas that can get you further than those deep, off-the-cuff, arbitrary things that pop in and out every six weeks there's a new diet like it's it's insane it's been human nature for how long now and yet we still fall for it every time a new diet pops up that we think that that's the thing that's going to help us or move us in the right direction the things we're going to go over are the things that have been around for a long time and if you enact some of them even you'll be well on your way if you do a couple of basic things. So what it takes to live with or in the natural laws takes two basic things. Number one is control what you can and ignore everything else. Control what you can and ignore everything else. So what can you control? You can control your thoughts to some degree, but you can definitely control your actions. You can definitely control your actions. Outside of that, you can't control the marketing around you. You can't control what's available at the store. You can't control what's available at parties that you go to. You can't control whatever else is tempting you. You can't control that, those things. You can, if it's in your house, you can control it definitely. Um, but you can control your behavior and you can control the things that you buy and you purchase. So focus on that and ignore everything else. Number two, commit to the truth and not to the trivial. The truth are the things that relate to everybody at all times. The trivial are the minutia inside of those things, which can be very helpful sometimes. They can move you in a good direction sometimes, but for most people, most of the time, they probably don't because they can be so intricate or they can be so demanding that it pushes you over the edge and beyond your comfort zone. And while it's important to go beyond your comfort zone, sometimes going beyond your comfort zone a lot of the time, and especially way beyond your comfort zone, like if you're going to, trying to go from a Frankenfoods diet, 100% Frankenfoods, for those of you who don't know what Frankenfoods are, it's anything that you basically find in a box. So if you're trying to go from a Frankenfoods diet to a keto diet, like that drastic shift, a real keto diet, by the way, uh, that shift very hard to do in like one fell swoop, which is why most people only last four to six weeks on something like that. If you just follow some basic rules, then you can start to make a lifestyle that is going to empower you to become your best self over time. And that's what this is all about, is about becoming your best self over time. It is about feeding your good wolf constantly, every day, ongoing, moving forward, not just for a day, not just for a week, not just for a month, not just for a year, whatever. It is an ongoing process. And if you can start to understand that it is feeding your good wolf every day, all day, not all day, that's a lie. It doesn't have to be all day, but it, <laughs> but it is every day. It is ongoing. It is a moment to moment thing. If you can start to understand that, then you can start to under over, uh, I'm sorry, you can start to look beyond those trivial diets, exercise 
programs, this, that, and the other thing that are being thrown at you as quick fixes. So with that being said, let's start with law zero. Law zero states that you need to quit arguing with yourself and you need to just get started. You need to quit arguing with yourself and you need to just get started. Uh, so why is that law zero? Because technically at point zero, you haven't started yet, right? So that's what this is assuming, that you haven't started yet. You can also relate this to if you're wanting to make the next step in your journey. So let's say you have started, you're going to the gym, you're just getting on the treadmill, you've been doing that for a year, you're getting bored, you're getting burnt out, you're not seeing as much progress, but you're scared to take the next step, whatever that next step is for you. Quit arguing with yourself and just do it. Like just decide what you're going to do and then go doing it. Go doing it. Go do it. So why do we argue with ourselves? Well, we're going to get into that in a second. But what do I mean by arguing with yourself? Well, any of the excuses that you find whenever you're starting, those are just arguments to stay the same, if you will. Uh, I don't have the time. I don't have enough money. I don't have whatever, the motivation, I don't have the willpower, I don't have blah, blah, blah. I don't say blah, blah, blah in a, oh, get over yourself kind of way. I totally get it, 100% understand, because as a human being, trust me that, that I understand that that happens, um, and it happens to me plenty. And then you have to go, okay, while some of those things may be true, how do I overcome it? Like, okay, Maybe it's true that I don't currently have time because I have other things that I'm doing. How do I fix that? How do I change the things that I'm doing so that I can implement this thing that I want to do? Quit arguing with yourself, just do it. Just figure it out and just start. When you just start, it is action that creates the motivation, which is what we'll get to in a second. But you have to quit arguing with yourself and you have to just start. And it's when you do that is when you start to make progress. So law number one after law number zero, which remember law number zero is you need to quit arguing with yourself and just get started. Law number one is when it comes to your goals, the closer you get to your identity, the more purposeful your actions will be. So once you've started, hopefully you're setting goals. Hopefully you're setting some thing that you're after and it doesn't have to be a very precise thing, an outcome necessarily, but hopefully you have something that you're trying to achieve. And the closer you can get to your identity, the more purposeful your actions will be. So what does this mean? Well, in the showing up series, I believe, we talked about the three types of goals. There are outcome goals, process goals, and identity goals. And you can think of those as a target, the outer rim of the target are outcome goals. The middle rim are the process goals. And the very center, that's your identity goals. The outcome goals are a good place to start and can be very helpful on your journey. Outcome goals are things like, I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to run a marathon in under four hours, whatever. Those are outcomes that you're trying to achieve. Very useful. Once you have them, though, you need to put a process in place. Those are process goals. So if I'm going to lose 20 pounds, I need to make sure that I have protein at each meal. I need to make sure that I'm eating vegetables at each meal. I need to make sure I have breakfast every morning. That's the process you're going to put in place. And then when you get further into that goal continuum, if you will, uh, you get your identity goals. 
and an identity goal is I'm doing these things because I'm become, becoming the kind of person who lives this lifestyle. Because I'm, my goal is to become the kind of person who eats well because I want to feel better, because I want to live longer, because I want to be with my grandkids and be able to get up and down off the ground. That's getting closer to your identity. And the closer you can get to that, the more purposeful your actions will be along your journey. If you just stick with your outcome goal, I want to lose 20 pounds, you can very easily convince yourself to not do things. Because while those can be very helpful, most of the time, they're not sustainable. I want to lose 20 pounds or I want to get ready for bikini season. Can be helpful, but most of the time, they're not sustainable for purposeful action. You can very easily convince yourself out of things. So you want to shrink down and get as close to that target, that identity as possible. Okay. Um, it also goes back to the idea of the stoic archer. So we talked about this in overcoming obstacles. The stoic archer, uh, the analogy of the stoic archer says that an archer can notch his bow, can notch his arrow, can pull back his bow, and he can set his intention. He can set his purpose, but once he lets go, he can't do anything with the bow or can't do anything with the arrow because now it's flying. All you can do is be as purposeful as possible. And the more closely you link your actions to your identity, the more purposeful those actions are going to be. I think that kind of said the same thing in a different kind of way, but nonetheless, like when you're notching your arrow and you're pulling back your bow, if your intention is to hit your target and you want to do it as well as possible, then you're going, your actions are going to be much more purposeful. If, you're, if your intentions are more purposeful, if it is close to who you're trying to become. And that, that intention is very important. All right, so that's law number one. When it comes to goals, the closer you get to identity, the more purposeful your actions will be. Law number two, speaking of identity, reforming your identity on your journey is imperative. Reforming your identity on your journey is imperative. So for our for law number zero, we said you need to quit arguing with yourself and you need to just get started. When you're arguing with yourself about how you're going to do whatever it is you're going to do, you're basically, your identity is basically going, you can't do this. You, there's no reason for you to try. Let's, let's find every reason for you to not get started because I, ju I just want you to stay the same. It's, you're, I'm comfortable with who you are. I'm comfortable being the way that I am. I don't want you to change. I don't want you to be healthier. And it's literally your, your identity just like grabbing you and trying to keep you in place. So changing your identity over time is going to be important if you're going to become the kind of person who lives a healthy lifestyle. The two main factors thinking about changing your identity which we covered in the identity crisis, the two main factors um, in developing your identity are exploration and commitment, exploring different identities and then committing to who you are or who you're trying to become. 
Now, most of us explore identities when we're younger, not when we're 30, 40, or 50. But I know plenty of 30, 40, and 50-year-olds who don't really or aren't really comfortable with who they are because they've developed into something because society told them that they need to be this way. So you have to decide who you want to become, and then you have to commit to who you want to be. And once you commit to who you want to be, then you can start to reform your identity. And over time, as you get into obstacles and as you come up with, um, as you get to new levels of health and fitness, if you will, over time, I don't want to say it becomes easier. It does become a little easier, but you just get higher level issues, if you will. There will always be obstacles. You'll always have to overcome identity crisis, if you will, but there'll be higher level identity crisis, which is a good thing. But you need to commit to who you're trying to become. Once you commit, then reforming your identity over time will become easier because you said, here's what I'm deciding. Here's what I'm deciding to become. I'm deciding to become the kind of person who commits to their health and fitness. And at 90 years old can get up and down off the ground and play with their great grandkids. And when you make those commitments, then the rest of it not becomes easy per se, but it does become easier. Law number three. Let's see, we're going to go over two more laws in this episode, I believe. Yes, two more laws. Law number three. Speaking of obstacles, obstacles are your previous identity in disguise. So a lot of these first laws, (laughs) as you've noticed that so far we have not even talked about food or exercise or anything like that because so much of health and fitness is about overcoming this. It's about overcoming your mind, your mind. And inside of your mind is your identity. And your identity holds us to our current standards, if you will, um, and our current comfort level. And when you let that happen, when you let life happen to you versus make life happen to you, then you, there, it's much harder to make change. In fact, you're probably not making any changes because you're just letting life happen to you. Um, So to go back to law number three, obstacles are your previous identity in disguise. So if we think about going back to uh, the identity crisis series again, we talked about the emotional change cycle. I think I just referred to this again in overcoming obstacles. The emotional change cycle says that you start with, whenever you're starting to make change, you start with, um, shoot, now I'm drawing a blank. You start with, not unconscious optimism, but anyway, that's what we'll call it. You'll start with unconscious optimism. In other words, you don't know what you don't know, and you're optimistic that, optimistic that you can make it to your goal. As you get going, you get into conscious pessimism. In other words, you start to understand that things are going to be hard, and this is going to be challenging. When you dive deep down into this pessimism, you get to the trough of despair, and the trough of despair is your identity slapping you in the face and going, I don't think that you're going to make this change because I'm comfortable with who you are. I don't want you to be this healthier version of yourself. I want you to stay with who you are. 
If you push past that point, then you become consciously optimistic. And then if you get to the other end, you achieve what you're after. So it's at the bottom of that emotional change cycle, that trough of despair where your where obstacles pop up. Those are just obstacles popping in your way. Those obstacles are your identity, your current identity, or your past identity, slapping you in the face and going, nope, ain't going to happen. I want you to stay the way that you are. I want you to stay the way that you are because it's easier. It's much more comfortable. This is the way that we've been. Society accepts us this way. So I I just don't want to change. I don't want you to be any different. And it's hard to believe that because we think that we are consciously in control of ourselves. But if you really think about it, like, not if you really think about it, um, it's our unconsciousness that controls most of our day and a lot of our lives. And unless we fight back against that unconsciousness, then we, we aren't going to be able to make the changes that we want to change and uh, that, that we want to make, especially in a sustainable way. So remember, law, law number three, obstacles are your previous identity in disguise. When you run into a roadblock, it's your identity going, your identity will come up and say, you can't overcome this. You don't need to move forward. Let's just step back into safety. Which leads us to law number four. It's not if obstacles happen, it's when obstacles happen. Okay? We think that change is a linear process. We think that you start at point A and that you go to point Z and it's a straight line. That's what we believe or we want We uh, want to happen, of course. We want to just, I want to lose 20 pounds and it's just, it's going to be 20 pounds and that's going to be that and it's, everything's going to be hunky-dory. If we actually think about it, we know that that's not the case. And it's not a matter of if obstacles are, obstacles are going to happen. It's a matter of when obstacles are going to happen. And if you can understand and, and you can realize that no matter what goal you're after, no matter, unless your goal is just to get from here to the other side of the room, no matter what goal you're after, which even is tough because Jonna just tried to do that and she still knocked something over. <laughs> um, but if your goal is just to like get up out of your chair, then the likelihood of an obstacle happening, very small. Something could still happen, but the, ops, the, the odds are very small. Other than that, no matter what your goal is, there are going to be obstacles. It's not if, it's only when. It is only when. You can start to overcome this by doing two things. We talked about premeditatio malorum. So when you're starting a new, this is an idea from the Stoics, it means the premeditation of evils. When you're starting a new journey, when you're going after a new goal, sit down and go, what are the things that are going to get in my way? What are the obstacles that are going to pop up? Come up with your list, put them down. The next step after that is Odysseus contracts. Odysseus contracts just means creating if-then statements that say, if this happens, if this obstacle pops up, then I'm going to do this. So an example might be, if you're trying to start to eat better and you know that your colleagues go out to lunch periodically to a place that has... I don't know, cheesecake that you like a lot. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that example. But if you say, this is the obstacle that's going to happen. 
my colleagues are going to want to go out to this place where I love cheesecake. There is a place like that that has cheesecake in the name that does have very good cheesecake. So I guess it is a good example. <laughs> so if we go to cheesecake place, then I'm going to make sure that I eat beforehand so that I'm not tempted by cheesecake. Okay, that's just an example. You can do, you can enter in whatever you want there. But if you come up with your list of evils, potential evils, and then you come up with your Odysseus contracts and you say, if this happens, then I'm going to do this. You're, you are at least planned. You have set an intention and your odds of following through are much higher. Whereas if you just go into it and you have no intention and you haven't developed a plan, you're going to go in and do the thing that you usually do, which is have cheesecake. So while it's fun to have your cake and eat it too, if you have certain goals that you want to achieve, then you probably shouldn't do that most of the time. Okay, that's our first technically five laws. That's including law zero. Let's do a quick review of those laws and then we will wrap it up. Law num number zero. Spam is just lighting us up today. Sorry, apologies if you hear the phone ringing in the background. Law number zero, you need to quit arguing with yourself and just get started. Law number one, when it comes to goals, the closer you get to your identity, the more purposeful your actions will be. Law number two, reforming your identity on your journey is imperative. It is important that you change who you believe you are. Law number three, obstacles are your previous identity in disguise. When you hit that trough of despair, it is your previous identity slapping you in the face and telling you this ain't gonna happen. And then law number four, it's not if obstacles happen, it is only when obstacles happen. And if you come up with your list of evils and you develop a plan, you're much more likely to overcome your obstacles along the way. All right, my friends, uh, I'm not going to give you any questions today. I'm going to leave you with those laws and have you ponder them and think about how you can implement them in your own life. Make sure that you share this with your friends so that they can start to understand the natural laws of health and fitness as well. And until next time, my friends, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.